0: Well, kids, uh, we've come to another week where we have another terrible episode. Um, this week, we're looking at the story of Radovan Karadzic. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. Uh, he doesn't really deserve to have his name uh, pronounced correctly because he's a terrible person. So, um, yeah, you know, if, if you're the sensitive type and the, uh, the other really bad episodes have, have really negatively affected you, you just go ahead and sit this one out. Come back next week. It's our weird world our weird world Welcome to our weird world. I'm your host John Henson and this week looking at the story of Radvan Karadžić uh back in a fairly recent story, comparatively, I guess, in terms of a historical context, because um, we're going to uh, the the whole Bosnian-Serbian uh, sort of genocide thing uh, that happened uh, in the mid-90s. Um, for some reason, for, you know, I feel like this historical event never really got talked about a whole lot um you know when you think early 90s conflicts you kind of just think about the persian gulf war um you know maybe you think about uh the somalian conflict you know the the uh, battle in kosovo uh, where which was part of this whole serbian conflict kind of gets mentioned a little bit but um, doesn't doesn't really get as much of a run as as some of the other conflicts go um, and i guess i don't know something about genocide of a certain segment of white people just doesn't just doesn't make a lot of headlines you know um, jewish genocide all about it um not all about it i i don't mean that isn't like i support it that sounded that could be taken very out of context but no like history all about you know genocides of minority people the Rwandan genocide uh stuff like that but i mean like Armenian genocide uh the Serbian uh Bosnian genocide stuff like that you know it's just not, I don't know. Maybe it was just me. Maybe it was just the the history that I was taught, but this was one of those conflicts that I did not know a whole lot about, and I still don't know a whole lot about it. Um, I know more than I did after researching this guy, and I honestly know more than I wish I knew, but um, it's it's what it is, and we're going to get into his story right now. before we jump into this story, I do want to let you know that like, this story takes a weird turn towards the end. Um, most of it is bad, all right? Can't stress that enough. But the, the this, this guy takes such a weird turn that is so fitting for the overall theme of this show that it's just odd. You're not really going to expect it. Um, except you're going to kind of expect it now because I said it, but whatever, um, you've been warned enough. Here we go. Uh, Radovan Karadzic was born on June 19th, 1945 in what used to be Yugoslavia. Uh, he was born to a poor family, which if you know anything about, uh, the former Yugoslavia, you know that that's pretty much every family in that country. Um, In 1960, when he was 15 years old, he moved to Sarajevo to study psychiatry at the Sarajevo University School of Medicine. Uh, He primarily studied neurotic disorders and spent time in Denmark and then also Columbia University in the States, uh, furthering his education. Uh, In his free time, Radovan enjoyed poetry and spent time with Serbian writer Dobrika Kosic, uh, who encouraged him to get into politics. And Radovan initially thought that that was an interesting idea, but instead he just continued working in the medical field. In 1983, he and a business partner, Momchilo Krajnik, God, these names, these like or not Czech, but like out of these Slovak names, Bosnian names, whatever it is, I don't know, I don't know what it exactly is it comes from, but just like. All these like weird symbols above letters, which means you're supposed to pronounce them differently. It's kind of annoying and just a pain to read. But uh, Radovan and his business partner Momchilo Krajisnik, Krajisnik, there it is, Krajisnik, got it. Uh, they received a loan from an agricultural development fund and then used the money to build themselves houses in uh, Pale. I'm going to say Pale. It's spelled P-A-L-E, but I'm pretty sure it's not pale. I think it's Pale. Uh, Pale, which was a ski resort town a few miles from Sarajevo, uh, which is, and for, for what it's worth, that's not at all what they were supposed to do with those government funds. Um, and not shockingly, a few months later, they were arrested for fraud and sent to prison. But after his release from prison, Radovan decided that it was going to be a great time to get into politics because it had worked so well for Hitler, and he started the Serb Democratic Party. Um, His goal was to unify the Bosnian Serbs with the Croatian Serbs and keep them as part of Yugoslavia rather than have everyone split up, which was kind of what the political climate was at the time. That's why there was this big conflict. You know, this whole region uh, of different Serbs wanted to split up and have their own country. But Radovan was, uh, you know, on one side where he wanted to at least keep some people together who had some sort of like ethnic connection. Well, by 1991, uh, the Serb Democratic Party had established several, uh, quote, Serb autonomous regions throughout Bosnia and Herzegovina, which at the time was one of the federal units within Yugoslavia. Basically, uh, basically, Bosnia and Herzegovina was basically like a state in the bigger country of Yugoslavia. Um Radovan's group then drew up a top-secret document outlining an organized takeover for each municipality in the country by creating shadow governments and paragovernmental structures through, quote, crisis headquarters in cooperation with the Yugoslav People's Army. All right, so basically what all of that means is Radovan is basically organizing a coup, and he's going to basically just take over. These certain municipalities that he wants in order to establish the, the independent country that he has, you know, dreamed of. Um, on February 28, 1992, the contest, uh, the constitution written up by the Bosnian Serb assembly, uh, which was now Radovan's group uh, was formally adopted, declaring the creation of the Serb Republic of Bosnia and Herzegovina and included the Serb autonomous regions and other Serbian ethnic entities in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, two months later, Bosnia and Herzegovina was recognized as an independent state by the United States and the rest of Europe. It continues to be uh, an independent country today. Um, Radovan was then voted president of the Bosnian Serb administration. In 1994, after working with several UN officials on the establishment of Bosnia and Herzegovina's sovereignty, the Greek Orthodox Church declared that Radovan was, quote, one of the most prominent sons of our Lord Jesus Christ working for peace and decorated him with the 900-year-old Knights Order of the First Rank of St. Dionysius of Xanthi. Whatever that means. I don't know. Sounds pretty prestigious, but oh boy. Ooh, would they be wrong? Um, this guy is basically being anointed as this messianic leader. Almost. I mean, the church loves him. United States is like, you know, Bill Clinton's there. Just like, Hey man, that's a good job. That's a terrible Bill Clinton impression, but you know, Bill Clinton's all on board with it. United States is recognizing him. Everything seems to be going great. Well, The rest of Yugoslavia, or at least what was left of it, was not happy and a really vague and not so easily explained war broke out. And things didn't start off well for the new nation, and after a large Croatian military force took two important Serbian towns in 1995, Radovan fired his general and assumed command of the Bosnian Serb army himself. He then initiated the siege of Sarajevo, which over the course of nearly four years resulted in the deaths of nearly 14,000 people he also ordered the strip uh the shr this is one of those words that's like i i know that I know how to say it just in regular conversation but when I see the word my brain is just like uh-uh not a chance the srebrenica massacre and the reason I don't know it's it's sr and words that start with sr just aren't natural for my Pallet, I guess, but yeah, the Sabrinica massacre, uh, which occurred in July, 1995 and resulted in the slaughter of over 8,000 Bosniaks, um, which was this, um, I guess this Muslim group of Bosnians. Um, it was mostly men while the women and children were actually just brutally raped. And obviously this occurred in the town of uh, Srebrenica, despite the presence of UN peacekeepers from the Netherlands there to make sure that this kind of thing didn't happen. Um, and so this is, this is why, um, we're, you know, we're telling Radovan's story today because he orchestrated this massacre. He greenlit the entire thing. And these are just a few of the things that happened during this massacre. Um, in one instance, a soldier took three boys from their mother and they disappeared into the night. And when the mother went looking for them, she found them naked uh, in the forest with their throats slashed. Uh, another instance, a Serbian soldier got annoyed when a baby wouldn't stop crying. And after telling the mother to make it stop, warning... All right, here we go. Uh, The soldier then grabbed the baby and slit its throat, laughing in the mother's face and just basically like tossing her dead baby aside. Uh, Two other Serb soldiers held a woman's legs up in the air while four other soldiers took turns raping her. Uh, several uh, Several people committed suicide to avoid having their noses, ears and lips chopped off, while many adults killed themselves to avoid having to see soldiers kill their children in front of them. Um, others who were otherwise unharmed hanged themselves because they were so terrified by what was going on. And yeah, I get it. Like you're watching your people get murdered by this other, what you think is a tyrannical government. You know, people are getting tortured and killed and you're just like, ah, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. I'm done. I'm done. Um, a Chetnik soldier uh, tried to force a boy to rape his own sister, but because the boy was only nine years old and didn't really understand what was involved in all of that, uh, the soldier just killed the boy instead. Uh, another one, uh, a 10-year-old boy was just straight-up decapitated while he sat in his mother's lap. Um, and then lastly, a pregnant woman was stabbed in the stomach and had her twin babies snatched out and beaten to death in front of her. Whoa. Like... Jesus Christ. That's that's pretty intense, all right? And this happened in 1994-1995. All right? Not that long ago, all right? I was a wee lad. I was alive when this kind of stuff was going on. Like this is the kind of stuff that you read about happening like in medieval times when there was just no morality and decorum about you know dictators you know torturing people, you know? Like this is modern, very modern times. All right, and Radovan Karadzic orchestrated the entire thing Um, because, and and like I said, because all of this occurred under Radovan's leadership, uh, he was ended up he ended up being charged with war crimes by the International Tribunal for the former Yugoslavia. Uh, the United States, uh, realizing that he was a terrible person, offered a $5 million reward for his arrest. But by the time the reward came out or was posted, Radovan had disappeared. All right, he is off the map, off the grid entirely. Um, in the most, just in the simplest transformation ever, Radovan basically lost 60 pounds and grew a bushy white beard. And this is like where things get really crazy. Um, for the next decade... Radovan posed as a new age alternative medicine expert named D.D. David, triple D uh, taking people to flavor town. I got, I don't know. Uh, he traveled around Europe, giving lectures in front of hundreds of people on the power of alternative medicine and even sold a treatment for sexual problems using what he called quantum human energy. This dude orchestrated one of the worst massacres, probably the worst massacre since the Holocaust. And then when he gets found out and people are after him, he just drops some weight, grows his beard. And then literally in the area where people are searching for him, he's going around under this new alias, uh, pretending to be this magical alternative medicine healer, helping dudes get boners. And yeah, it's just absolutely insane. Well, Uh, On July 21st, 2008, Radovan was finally arrested in Belgrade, which is the capital of Serbia, which was literally right in the heart of where authorities had been looking for him for over a dozen years. Uh, Claiming there was a huge conspiracy against him, he refused to enter any sort of plea. Uh, The court actually entered a not guilty plea on his behalf, and Radovan worked to be granted immunity, and that request was quickly denied. Way to go, court system. Uh, He was finally found guilty of genocide, war crimes, and crimes against humanity, which netted him a whopping 40-year prison sentence. Think about that. Think about all the things that I just said that this dude did about five minutes ago, and he got 40 years for it, all right? Insane. Take any serial killer who kills babies and, like... That dude is getting the death sentence, if not like consecutive life sentences for every single murder. This dude orchestrated the deaths of like some 8,000 people, brutal deaths of 8,000 people, and he got 40 years for it. Granted, he's super old at the time. In 40 years, like he's not going to live to see the end of that sentence. But then this douchebag, this giant pile of human garbage, actually appealed the conviction. Which, guess what? This is what you get, douchebag. Not only was his appeal denied, but they actually ended up giving him a life sentence because he's just a terrible person. And that, thankfully, oh boy, that's the end of the story. So there you go. Radovan Karadzic. Uh, terrible piece of garbage human being uh, still alive I do believe today rotting in prison uh, thankfully Uh, hopefully just always looking over his back because every prisoner there hopefully wants to murder him uh, and give him a very gruesome death Um, crazy story Um, and like crazy how fairly recently that was compared to some of these other stories so let's see what we learned today (laughs) What did we learn? Number one, Radovan Karadzic, uh, probably the worst world leader since Hitler. Uh, Maybe Pol Pot. Pol Pot was pretty bad. Um, You can argue that uh, Kim Jong-il was pretty bad, too. But... um, you know, I think that you can make a pretty good case that, uh, Radovan Karadzic is right up there with all of those guys. Uh, number two, uh, he was responsible for starting the, uh, Bosnian Serbian war of the early to mid nineties, uh, that a lot of people still don't fully understand. Basically, he was just trying to start his own, uh, Serbian country with different Serbian ethnic groups, um, and trying to get certain Bosnian groups uh, murdered. And number three, he was the mastermind behind the Srebrenica Massacre, uh, which uh, killed up to 8,000 Bosniaks, which were this Muslim sect of uh, people in the region. Such a terrible, giant pile of human garbage. (laughs) Next week on our weird world, uh, we're going to celebrate 4th of July, Independence Day, uh, with some stories of how some people fought for your freedom. Uh, I have thoughts on that statement. (laughs) We're not going to get into that because they're controversial. But in this case, I do kind of believe it. All right. Communists were taken over and America had to step in. And we went to Vietnam. And you know what? Didn't really turn out so well. But you know what? There were some pretty sweet. Uh, stories that came out of it and um, we are going to look at the stories of Robert L. Howard and Roy Benavidez, uh, two amazing heroes from Vietnam uh, and their insane stories. Uh, So we are going to do that next week. As always, thank you all for listening. Keep telling all your friends and keep it weird.